morning, everybody. This is another edition of the Pastoral Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com as well as St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey. By Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. By Budweiser and by Castro Motor Oil. And I'll tell you, today is by far one of my favorite days of the year. Obviously, as an avid baseball follower, I look forward to the trading deadline because I do think it's something that is unique to other sports. Obviously, all sports have a trading deadline, but the impact and the action and every everything you really see, it's very natural to fire you up as a baseball fan. And there's so many different things that happen that stay out of the narrative. And if you have listened to and watched the show before, you know how I feel about narratives that are out there, and I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, about some of the things that really do bother me as far as staples or stereotypes that you say, you know, things have to go a certain way because of this or because of that, or there's no other way to think. You can't have independent thinking. You can't have certain ideas that come to your head and say, hey, it may go against the grain, because if you have an idea or a thought that's against the grain and against what the general public opinion is, you know, you look like you're an outcast. You look like you have no idea what you're doing. But I'm going to talk about a couple different things, and I plan on doing a whole show today talking about the Major League Baseball trading deadline. If you were watching a show, maybe expecting me to get into a little bit about the Marcus Stroman trade for the Mets, the Bauer point trade. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that stuff, but I do think it was a good job by both of those teams, both the Mets and the Reds, who may not necessarily be contenders, may not necessarily be teams that are taken seriously to make a push to get into the postseason in the National League in 2019, but I think they both set themselves up that they give themselves a lot more options for 2020, and I think they could both take steps forward and say, hey, 2020 can be a year where we should expect to be a winning baseball team. But if you follow the headline of the show, you see some of the, the things I put out there. They're pretty much all in relationship to the same thing. But I want to remind everybody, if you want, if you're interested, you want to be part of the program, you could comment on Facebook Live, Periscope. Um, also, YouTube Premiere, if it's coming up, you can do, throw some live comments up, anything that's on your mind. In the world of baseball, sports, and unifying America. And also... You can give the show a call. I got a phone right here. It's friggin' collecting dust. It's basically rotten because uh, a phone call hasn't come through unless it's spam probably in the last like six months. But 732 364 3598, anything that's on your mind, like I said, in a world of baseball, sports, and unifying America. So you have a perception that's out there. And I don't know where it originated because I remember growing up following baseball in the 80s and the 90s. And obviously, you can talk about technology and the internet and reasons that so much more information is out at our fingertips. And because of that, more people are going to be employed. More people are going to have roles and responsibilities, whether you're writers or people that are talking about the sport, analysts and stuff like that. And over the period of time, and I don't know where it originated, I don't know where it started, but the media has decided to declare exactly what it is that Major League Baseball teams should do. And that's different from other sports, because you're a hockey team, you're hovering around, a, you know, whatever, in the middle of the pack, not necessarily in one of the top eight in your respective conference. You're kind of allowed to just do what you want. Hey. 
if you want to tank, you want to trade away some players, you want to set things up for next year in the future, that's fine. But if you want to very quietly try to make a run, get yourself closer to an eighth playoff position, it's okay. You know, the NFL, the parity, the way it exists. You don't really have to go through a very deep rebuild in the National Football League. You, as long as you can make the correct moves or, let's say, some good draft picks, some good free agent acquisitions, you could go from a really bad team to a really good team in the National Football League relatively quick. But baseball has grown over the years to be more controlled by its media, by its writers by people that are basically declaring for each individual team what they should do. And one of the things that frustrates me more than anything is this Kool-Aid that's dreamt by the fans and the people that follow baseball and the same repetitive things that you keep hearing. And there's very few things that bother me more in the world of baseball than discussion about buyers and sellers. Because it started out as saying, hey, this team looks like they got a good chance. They uh, just need to make a couple few additions, <clears throat> and they're already on their way. So I think they're going to be looking to add to their team. This team, one of the worst teams in the league, it's bad, not going anywhere, not going to get to the playoffs this year, probably not going anywhere next year, maybe should look to sell and try to get younger. That's where those ideas originated from. But the problem with those ideas is added to the narrative that's thrown out there and people in the media that are trying to tell Major League Baseball teams what they should do. Exactly how to operate your own franchise. Hey, listen, you got a winning record right now. You should go out there and try to get any of the best players in baseball. You don't have a winning record right now. You should take whatever talent you have and just trade it and get whatever it is that you want back. But here's the part that bothers me the most about this. This is the part that fires me up, gets me to a point where I'm about to explode. You've got teams in baseball, and the majority of teams are trying to do both win now and win in the future. So the pressure and the emphasis on keeping and holding on to your own top players and your own prospects is at an all-time high right now. And because of that, it's going to be hard to make a trade, whether we're talking about Madison Bumgarner, whether we're talking about No Syndergaard, even talking about Trevor Bauer and Marcus Stroman, who have already been traded. It's hard to envision a scenario where that team that would be taking on that player would be improving themselves drastically by adding a pitcher of that caliber, would be willing to part with anything of value for it. And I think that's absolute garbage that is not negotiating in good faith. And that's nowhere near having any ideas of what a good and a fair trade in Major League Baseball is. Now, I understand when it comes to the fans. Fans are going to do anything that they want to do that's going to benefit their team. They could care less about the other team. So you talk about whether it's New York, whether it's Philadelphia, Boston, anywhere across the country, whatever fan you happen to be a team of, if your team's going to make a trade, you want the trade to work out in your favor. In other words, you want to fleece the opposition. Now, it's understandable and okay when fans do it because you're fans. Fan is short for the word fanatic. That means you are as crazy about your own favorite team as anybody is going to be. And all you want to do is you know, eat, sleep, breathe, and smoke everything that's involved with that team. That's your team. 
You want them to get better. You don't care if they get better at the expense of somebody else. But to make a trade, it takes two organizations to believe that they're getting something of value back. And we talk about these dump deals that are done when it comes to bad baseball teams that are just kind of getting rid of salary, not necessarily focused on what it is that they're getting in return. And I believe that that's the start of this predicament that we're in in Major League Baseball now. And I do believe there's a divide. There's a divide between teams that have had success over the last couple of years, teams that are doing well now and are expecting to do well in the future, and other teams that are trying to get themselves better. Because I don't think there are fair negotiating tactics out there by any general manager in any front office in Major League Baseball. And that bothers me because I've said for years that trades have to be fair. To be willing to add something of value, especially something of significant significant value. When you're talking about guys like Madison Bumgarner, when you're talking about guys like Noah Syndergaard. And if you watched Syndergaard last night and you had any doubts whether or not this could be a top pitcher in your rotation, uh, you know, you probably saw it. Now you're coming on board. You know what Madison Bumgarner is. Three-time World Series champion, one of the best postseason pitchers in Major League Baseball history. And teams are like, well, you know what? We'd like to have a guy like that on our postseason roster. You know, even Syndergaard's pitched well in the postseason. I'd like to add a guy like that, but you know what? I'm not willing to give up players from my major league roster. I'm not willing to give up my top prospects. Then what the hell are you willing to give up? Why is there even discussions between teams that have good starting pitchers in a market that is obviously a seller's market when it comes to starting pitching. Outside of Bumgarner and outside of Syndergaard, who right now are very unlikely to be traded. How are you going to say that you want to make a deal for one of those pitchers and you don't want to part with anything of value? Like I said, I understand from a fan's perspective. I understand that fans don't understand or maybe just choose to block out the fact that there are 29 other teams in Major League Baseball outside of the one that they root for. But when this is saturated in to a team's front office, and this is the way a front office in Major League Baseball is going to operate, like I said, I'm not here to call out any team. I'm, not, I'm basically calling out all teams. All teams right now in Major League Baseball, there are very few that are negotiating in good faith. And that's a problem. You want to get a top pitcher in Major League Baseball, somebody that you're going to count on, rely upon, and enjoy during the month of October when you expect that pitcher to get you some big wins, throw some big innings, and go deep into some games in the postseason. But you don't want to give up anybody off your Major League roster. You don't want to give up anybody that you would consider a top prospect. And that's all you're basically hearing. Now, if you're on the other side of that and you have that big pitcher, Madison Bumgarner is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. But you know he means a lot to the Giants. His history. You sign him to an extension, he finishes his career in San Francisco, he becomes you know, a bigger legend than he already is. The Giants could go through a rebuild if they decide to with Bumgarner on their staff. They could make a run for the postseason. They're not in bad spot right now. They've got a record over 500. They could do that with Madison Bumgarner on their team. So they don't have that sense of urgency to have to trade Bumgarner right now. And the same applies to the New York Mets. 
whether you're talking about Noah Syndergaard or Edwin Diaz or even Zach Wheeler. And when it comes to Zach Wheeler, a lot of people will say, hey, it's easy, just trade him. He's a free agent at the end of the year. But right now, when you're dealing with teams that aren't negotiating in good faith, are you going to get their bag of baseballs and the crap that they just want to send you? Or are you better off going with the pitcher for the rest of the season, give him a qualifying offer, and if he rejects it, you get yourself a legitimate I don't know, what, a 40-something or 50-something overall draft pick in next year's draft? So when you're making a trade for Zach Wheeler, is that team going to give you something that has more value than that draft pick? And odds are they're not right now. Odds are that team has whatever, you know, that bullying tactic to say, hey, you know, it's our responsibility to get better at the expense of teams that aren't as good as us. And the Houston Astros pissed me off for that, too. It's not just the Yankees. It's not just some of the other teams that operate that way. But the Houston Astros struggled for a series of years in baseball. They went through one of the longer rebuilds that we've seen. Obviously, it, bear, it bears some fruit. They won a World Series championship, the first one and the only one that they have. And they have one of the best baseball teams in the entire sport right now. But if you're looking at the Houston Astros, and you figure they would have learned something. But now they're greedy. I don't see a greedier organization in all of Major League Baseball than the Houston Astros. They want to go out there and get Bumgarner. They want to go out there and, and add Syndergaard. In fact, they expect in their own minds, because of, I don't know, the pompousness and arrogance that they sit there and have within that front office, Jeff Lou now his entire crew, they expect to add those two pitchers and not give up anybody for their Major League roster. Not give up any of their top prospects, which includes Kyle Tucker. And they expect other teams to be like, yeah, sure, let's make a trade. And sure, Brody Van Wagenen and the New York Mets, at least what you're hearing, he may not necessarily be negotiating in good faith either. He doesn't seem like he wants to make a deal unless he feels like he has the better part of it. But once again, when we talk about the barter system as it was created hundreds of years ago, and maybe thousands of years ago, you give up something of value for something of value. And that's the way a trade is supposed to be in the world of sports. You're supposed to benefit, see at least a little bit of a benefit from one side. If the San Francisco Giants trade Madison Bumgarner today before 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific, if you're a fan of the San Francisco Giants, you should be excited with the return that you got. You should get at least one impact player that's coming back, maybe isn't on the Major League roster, but maybe it's a top prospect to somebody like, wow, look at who we got. If the Mets trade Noah Syndergaard today before 4 p.m. Eastern, the Mets fans should be excited about what they got in return. One prime player that's going to be a part of your future that you can put in center field or the infield or somewhere. That's what the trade system is put, that's what the barter system is put out there for. Yet you don't have negotiating in good faith amongst front offices. And I don't know if that maybe it's a stereotype, maybe you're talking about the younger general managers who are a little bit greedy. Maybe they're a little too much into the analytics. 
Maybe they decide, hey, we're not going to hold on, or you know, we're not going to part with anything that we see of value. The only thing we're going to trade is something that we either have a large amount of, maybe too many second basemen so we can part with one or too many guys that fit the bill of a number three or number four starter in our organization. But if we didn't have all of them, we'd want to hold we we'd want to hold on to it. It seems like good teams want to hold on to every last one of their prospects. And that's not negotiating in good faith when it comes to a barter system in baseball. And if you have a player that that is talented enough to make an impact on a contending team and maybe make an impact in the postseason in 2019, why would you just sell out and give that player up for whatever crap offer that that other team wants to go out there and give you? Because it's not fair. It's not negotiating in good faith. And the last point I'm going to make about this, and I kind of touched on it already, but this declaration of being a buyer or seller that starts from the media and is, you know, bid into and bought into by every single baseball fan. They go out there and they just basically accept it. Hey, buyer or seller, you know, the, the media tells us that our team has to be a buyer or has to be a seller. Why can't a Major League Baseball team operate independently and do what they want to do? If a decision is made for now, it may seem like it's a now type of decision. Maybe that team decided they do want to make a run this year, regardless of what you may feel and regardless of what the media may tell them. And what if part of the deal that they make this year is going to help them next year? But once again... You have a narrative that's out there that's telling Major League Baseball teams how to operate. You know, things don't go well for a year or two. You must strip it down and rebuild. But not only that, you must strip it down and rebuild to the benefit of every good Major League Baseball team. How do you expect them to do that when those good Major League Baseball teams are not negotiating in good faith? It's basically like a flea market. It's basically like... You know, uh, you know, buying a, a storage, you know, unit that has a bunch of stuff in it, but you think that there's some value of it. Yeah, I'm just gonna give a couple dollars for it, but the amount of value that I'm gonna get out of that storage unit is great. It it bothers me so much because I've watched baseball trades kind of go to the wayside. And coming up to the July 31st trading deadline, which we know in Major League Baseball, this is the first time that there's a hard deadline. July 31st, that's it. If you don't make a trade by July 31st, you're not going to have any, any opportunity to make a deal. There's no waiver deadline. And it was supposed to be a lot more exciting than it is right now. But Major League Baseball teams are holding back. Because they, God forbid, they give up something of value for something of value. And the pompousness and arrogance that exists amongst Major League Baseball front offices is a freaking joke. It absolutely is. And I honestly don't know how to explain this any further. <clears throat> you got teams that have some talent and are on their way and Back when trades used to be made with good ethics, that team would say, all right, I'm going to mortgage or sacrifice some of my future with the hopes 
that the big player that I'm bringing back is going to lead me to a World Series championship now. And then that team that trades with him says, you know what? I'm giving up something of value, but I'm getting something in return that I could be excited about. And it's just not happening right now. This copyright broadcast is authorized on our internet rights, granted by the World Wide Web and the solely for entertainment of our audience. Any publication or reproduction or the use of pictures, descriptions, and accounts of the show without the express written consent of the passball show, JohnPielli.com and JohnPielli LLC is prohibited. Any commercial or the use of programs such as by charge or admission for a showing is similarly prohibited. So the one aspect that we'll talk about when it comes to the New York Mets adding Marcus Stroman sets them up, we're short. They had a little um, too much starting pitching per se. They traded Jason Vargas to the Phillies. Puts them in a position right now that if they want to deal Zach Wheeler, I think they can. The question is, you know, is the return going to be more valuable than that of the comp com compensatory draft pick you're going to get in the 2020 draft? I mean, if the, if the Astros or any other team in baseball is not going to be able to offer you anything more valuable than that, then you're better off just holding on to them. And you know what? Hey, make a run for it. Maybe see, uh, maybe see if you can make a push. Uh, Mr. Kurt Mann's talking about something being a German-owned company. If you want to add to it and actually let me know more specifically what you're talking about, I could, I don't know, I guess I could uh, add it to my conversation. If not, it's completely redundant and useless at the moment. But, you know, like I just think of buyers and sellers. And it's just... It's put in, people are drinking a Kool-Aid, people are rubbing a lotion on themselves, saying buyers and sellers, buyers and sellers. Lotion on the skin, take the lotion out of the bucket. Drinking a Kool-Aid, buyers and sellers, buyers and sellers. It's like you've absorbed it into your system and it's part of what you think because the media has told you that there's buyers and there's sellers. There's nobody that's in the middle. There's nobody that could act independently upon what it is that they want to do. And I tell you, it frustrates the hell out of me thinking about it as we almost lost the microphone here. But, you know, you look at the aspect, if a team decides that, all right, consensus may say they're not looking too good this year. Think about the general manager and the people that are running respective teams front office. You're judged by what? Wins and losses. That's it. Doesn't matter what you do, if you go out there and you win, you're a playoff team, you inevitably win a World Series, you're going to be revered for it. But in most cases, you're not going to get there. In some cases, you'll never get to the playoffs. In most cases, you'll never get to a World Series and win it. And those general managers, those team presidents, those front offices, they're judged by that forever. They're judged for those reasons forever. Hey, you never got the job done. You didn't do a good job. You're not a good general manager. You're not a good team president. You're not a good whatever in a Major League Baseball front office. And what is it judged by? Once again, it's by wins and losses. That's it. Not listening to what anybody tells you to do. Not being a good buyer in a time where you need to buy. Not being a good seller in a time where you're told to sell. In the end, you're judged by wins and losses. One season goes by, you don't win. That's on the team. Team didn't get the job done. Doesn't matter if you were a good buyer or a good seller. It doesn't matter if you listen to anybody. 
people that are running Major League Baseball teams should have the right to operate it the way they see. Now you can go out there if you're a fan and you want to be critical of a move, critical of a trade, critical of something that you were hoping was going to get done that didn't get done. Once again, fans, you can believe and feel however you want. But you, under no circumstances as a fan, have a right to tell a Major League Baseball team, even if it's you know blood that you bleed for a given team, even if it's a team that you love more than you love yourself or your family, if you love your baseball team more than you love sex, it doesn't matter. You don't have the right to tell that team how to operate because you're not getting paid by that team. You're not being compensated by that, by that team. It's not your job to get results and win games for that team. So that team that's not doing well, if they don't get the job done, if they don't get to the playoffs, it's on them. It's a bad job. And you do a bad job next year, you may get a chance to do a bad job the year after that. But I'm sure if you do a bad job in year number three, that person and those people in that front office are going to lose their jobs. Their jobs that they're being compensated for. Because they're being compensated for it, they should have the right to do it the way that they want to do it. And if the media and the general public is calling you a seller and you decide to go out there and add players, yes, you have the right to do that. Is it going to piss people off? Of course. It's definitely going to piss off the media because the media is trying to tell Major League Baseball teams what to do. As if they have some sort of vested interest in it. Once again, the general manager, the front office, the analytic staff that's set up for each one of the 30 Major League Baseball teams is responsible for the results. And if they don't get the results, it's on them. It's not if they don't get the results, they do what you say. You have no control over them. Fans, media, even myself, I'm not here to tell any baseball team what to do. And like I said, if you're a fan struggling through another long season, I feel your pain. I understand it. I see where you're coming from. I see why you're upset. You don't have the right to tell a team what they should do. And certainly those in the media that feel like they do have the right to tell teams what they should do. Should just take a step back, maybe analyze what they've done, maybe say in some cases some of the things that they're doing is unconventional. The Mets were told to trade all their pitchers, not trade for Marcus Stroman. The Reds were told to sell off players, not add Trevor, Trevor Bauer. They're going to be judged by the results. Maybe not necessarily of this season, but in 2020. And I'll tell you, if the Mets and the Reds hypothetically are playing in a, you know, in a, in a National League Championship Series next year, you could say that maybe one of the turning points was one of these trades that they made. Because think about it. I'll use the Mets as an example. 2017, 2018, the team's going to shit, not going anywhere. You see all these dump moves. The Mets, in 2017, went out of their way to make all the playoff teams in Major League Baseball better. They sprinkled their talent across all teams that were making a run for the playoffs, saying, hey, what can we do to make you better? Didn't care what they got in return. They sprinkled five players over the course of five teams. I think four of those teams end up making the playoffs. Dodgers went to the World Series with Curtis Granderson. I know Granderson didn't play. Jay Bruce, American League Championship Series. Addison Reed with the Red Sox. Neil Walker with the Brewers. I know they fell a little short. Lucas Duda with the T 
Tampa Bay Rays, they didn't make the playoffs. Next year goes by, same thing. Jairus Familia is Dribble Cabrera. Sending off players to try to make other teams better, not really caring what the return that they got was. And I'll tell you, if I'm a Mets player, and I watch the Mets make a trade for Marcus Stroman, instead of dealing Noah Syndergaard and or Zach Wheeler, I believe that my general manager has faith in my squad. And sometimes that really means something. Because when you're thinking, hey, life's in the dumps, our team's going to get worse, we're going to play out the string over the next two months, you know, it's kind of demoralizing. But you say, hey, our general manager and our front office believes enough in us that they're actually going to get us a better starting pitcher than we had already. Trading Marcus Stroman for Jason Vargas per se, and I know you want to talk about the prospects if you're a prospect whore. That's fine. We can have a separate discussion about that. But basically replacing Vargas with Stroman makes the Mets better. And I'm not saying it's going to inspire the team to go on this ridiculous winning streak, but I tell you, it does a lot for the morale in the clubhouse. And if I'm the Cincinnati Reds last night slugging it out with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I see after the game, sure, Yasiel Puig was traded. That sucks. Top prospect Taylor Trammell was traded. That sucks. But we got one of the top pitchers that could have been had at the trading deadline this year in Trevor Bauer. And the Reds, who have made a, a very important effort to improve their starting pitching, add Trevor Bauer to an all-star in Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Alex Wood, Tanner Roark, Anthony Disclefani, and they've made themselves a better baseball team. Now, things may not be going right. I don't know if this inspires the Reds to go on a run. But hey, you got an ace-type pitcher in Bauer to go with Castillo. And I bet you if I'm in the Cincinnati Reds clubhouse, I'm friggin' excited. I'm expecting to see players getting dumped. Now, obviously, we have some time left. You know, 4 o'clock comes, the Reds may have a lot less players, you know, talented players than they have right now. Same thing with the Mets. But from a morale standpoint, I bet you, I bet you, the feeling is pretty good about those two baseball teams. Do I expect them to both go on a run and get in the playoffs? No. I think it's very unlikely that each team has the ability to make up the ground and it needs to break, even though there is a lot of parity in the National League East. This is the famous Budweiser beer. We know no brand produced by any other brewer. It costs so much to brew and age. Our exclusive Beachwood Aging produces a taste of smoothness and drinkability you will find in no beer at any cost. So as, as we're following stuff that could happen before the baseball trading deadline, I do think there are some names out there. I think it's worth discussing and listening. Houston Astros, I think, are going to be aggressive. And like I said, I don't know if they're necessarily trying to negotiate in good faith. Because if, I think if they were, they would have made a deal already. You know, now, is it, is it easy to get Madison Bumgarner? Probably not. Because what you got to do is you're probably talking the Giants, a contending team, a team that, hey, if they can play a couple good months of baseball, should have a legitimate chance of being a nationally wildcard team this year, even though it was unexpected to basically tell their clubhouse they don't believe in their squad. Like I talked about the Reds and the Mets, who morale may have gone up, right? 
Well, morale is going to go down for the Giants if all of a sudden they decide to trade Madison Bumgarner, even if it is for a deal or in a deal that I suggested before, one where, hey, maybe the Astros step up to the plate and they say, hey, we'll give you, you know, Jordan Alvarez, you know, the, the power-hitting young player that they brought up and is, you know, doing really well this year. Maybe they, they, they go into their farm system and trade a Kyle Tucker. All of a sudden, the Giants fans like, wow, we got these two players for Madison Bumgarner. The fans might be excited, but the players who are busting their ass, giving everything they got, playing over 500 baseball in what, once again, is the final season of Bruce Bochy's future Hall of Fame managerial career. Him being in a Hall of Fame, I don't think is a sure thing, but it's very likely that's going to be kind of a death blow or a death punch or a punch to the gut of how you feel in the clubhouse to watch one of your best players get traded when you are legitimately competing for a playoff spot. And I don't think that's good if the Giants decide to do that. That being said, maybe a team like the Astros or the Yankees decide to up the ante. All of a sudden, maybe we're talking about Claver Torres. Obviously, I'm making an example. I don't expect Claver Torres under any circumstances to be traded, but I'm talking about the possibility of a team stepping up saying, hey, we're going to up the ante. We're going to go all in and get this player. The Yankees, maybe it means trading, you know, Debbie Garcia, the young pitcher who you think at some point is going to come up and help you. You know, Dylan Betances, you know, if he's coming back from an injury, maybe you know, somebody like that has some value and you decide to trade something like Batanzas who you wouldn't have traded before. But if you're going to stay, and I hate to keep going back to the same point with that thought that you shouldn't have to give up anything for something of talent. You should give up whatever it is that you have extra. You should give up players like if you're the Yankees and you're talking about Tyler Wade. If I have to hear one more person Bring up Tyler Wade in a proposed trade involving the New York Yankees. You might as well trade your friggin' bat boy. You might as well trade yourself as a fan over there. It's ridiculous to see how much homers and people that are in love with their own baseball team love their own players. Tyler Wade sucks. Tyler Wade has no value to anybody. If Tyler Wade got DFA'd today by the New York Yankees, nobody would even claim him. So stop including Tyler Wade in every one of your stupid trade proposals. And that goes for all teams in baseball. Like I said, fan is short for fanatic, and it means that you have so much of a biasness and homerism towards your own team. Stop overvaluing the players that are on your own team. And that goes for Mets fans, too. We're going to talk about Anthony Kay and Simeon Woods Richardson. Like they're the next friggin' Cy Young and Addie Joss. Like they're the next Seaver and Kuzman. Like they're the next DeGrom and Syndergaard. They're ranked fourth and sixth in regards to the Mets prospects because the Mets have a shitty farm system. They don't have players that are talented enough to be ranked higher than them. The fourth and sixth prospects in regards to the New York Mets organization will probably be somewhere in the teens for any good farm system in Major League Baseball. But once again, you prospect whores and hoarders, which is all you are, and I give you credit because you add some insight into what's going on in the minor leagues, 
But with that, you fall in love with these guys. You think these guys have so much more value than they really have. Take a step back and understand that a trade in baseball, you got to give up something to get something. And whether you have a weak farm system, whether you have a great farm system, whether you feel like you have so many different tools and options to be able to make a trade, understand that that trade should be fair. The team that makes the deal with you should feel like they got something pretty good too. Now you can rank, hey, who got the better hand? Who got the best of the Bauer deal? Who got the best of the Stroman deal? You can debate that. You can subjectively have different opinions when it comes to that. But when it comes to studying you know, trades, of course, as a fan, you want to come out on top. You want to have the best deal. You want to have the best side of it. You want to have a feeling that you fleece the opposition. And it's not the way to make a trade. Fair trades need to come back in Major League Baseball. They're not here right now. You saw over a series of years, you've seen many fair trades that were made. You, know, you look at the trade of you know Gregorius and Shane Green and Robbie Ray, Diamondbacks, Tigers, Yankees. You could say maybe the Yankees got the best of the trade. Gregorius became uh, obviously a star, a fan favorite, somebody that really looks like a core piece of that team. Robbie Ray might be traded today. He's out there in Arizona. He's had a couple really good years. He looks like he's a legitimate top of the rotation starter. Shane Green, I know the Tigers have you know pretty much gone by the wayside, the worst team in Major League Baseball right now, which is a shock. Not that they're bad, but that they're worse than the Orioles. It's unbelievable. I would have gone Orioles, Marlins amongst the two worst teams in baseball, and maybe the Tigers after that. Tigers got the worst record in Major League Baseball, but they have a very good closer in Shane Green who's done a good job. He's had a good season. Maybe he gets traded before the deadline today. We'll see how it ends up working out. But that trade ended up benefiting all teams. All three teams in different ways. But once again, you're looking to say, hey, how can I fleece the opposition? And I hate to make a stereotype, but I think it has a lot to do with the younger generation of baseball people. Maybe a little more about the numbers and a little less about playing fairly. And I tell you, at some point it's got to stop. I think it's an absolute joke the way it's set up. I don't like it. I really don't. Wish everybody luck today, You know, whether you're a fan of whatever team in Major League Baseball. Hope your team uh, at least comes out if they make a trade with something to be excited about. You, know, you think about Syndergaard. I, I'll, I'll write some names down. We'll start with, with, with Noah. I'll give you a yes or no on whether I feel like they'll be traded. So we'll start out with Syndergaard. And I'm going to go, no. I'm going to write this down so I don't forget about it. Zach Wheeler, I believe, will get traded. Edwin Diaz, I'm going to go, no. Talk about this on the next show. We'll see how it ends up turning out. Do I, do I get these right? Do I not get them right? Obviously, there's some other players out there. Bumgarner, I don't think he gets traded. Shane Green, I'm going to go yes. So, so far, Syndergaard, no. Wheeler, yes. Edwin Diaz, no. Bumgarner, no. Shane Green, yes. Robbie Ray, I think he's going to get traded. So, we'll go yes on Robbie Ray. So, I got six of them right now. 
be interesting to see how it ends up working out. Um, anybody that's listening or watching right now, hey, throw me a name. What do you think? Is there anybody that I haven't mentioned right now that's going to be involved in trades, trade discussions? Do they get traded? Do they not get traded? Of course, Bauer and Stroman already off the market. You know, you want me to talk about it? I'll put I'll put them both in one category, Bauer, Stro. I'm going to go, no. I don't think either one, whether it's the Mets nor the Reds, will flip either one of those two players. Um, Felipe Rivero, reliever for the Pirates. I'm going to go, yes. I think the Pirates will make a trade involving Felipe Rivero. So now I got, I got four players that I'm saying, yes, they will get traded. Bumgarner, no. Wheeler, no. Diaz, no. Bauer, Stroh, and a, and a flip trade. I'm going to say no. The Orioles have anything of value? Not really. You know, the Tigers outside of Green. Matthew Boyd. Interesting. There's teams that are going to be pushing towards the last minute. I believe he ends up staying put. Now, he, he, he would normally look or profile as a pitcher, and I'd say, yeah. The Tigers would end up getting something for it. But going back to what I was saying before, I don't believe that enough teams are negotiating with good enough faith that they'll be able to give the Detroit Tigers enough of value in regards to Matthew Boyd. It's interesting to see how it works out. You know, you, know, you got the Padres pushing very hard for Noah. You got the Astros pushing pretty hard for Matt Bum. Other teams that are out there saying, hey, how could I fleece the opposition and make my Major League Baseball team better? It's interesting to say. I mean, obviously, you understand from a fan standpoint, but when it comes to being a professional, you, know, you do got to give up something to get something. And it's unfortunate to see it not being worked out that way. If you happen to be in the Scranton, Pennsylvania area, Check out Two A's One Passion Food Truck located on Nayog Avenue and Green Ridge Street. Phone number is 570-800-8117. Once again, located on um, Nayog Avenue, Green Ridge Street, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Two A's One Passion Food Truck. Um, some great stuff, an awesome menu. Open a couple days a week. If you're in that area, uh, tell Karen and Jenny to say hi. Just a reminder that Castrol provides maximum protection against viscosity and thermal breakdown. A little bit of a recap of the show today. We spent just about the whole time talking about the trading deadline. Not necessarily in a way that you would expect to hear it. A couple of things that really do bother me. Letting off a little steam about the whole notion of the buyers and the sellers. How the media decides to put teams in categories and expects those teams to operate in that exact fashion, in that exact way. Who are the people in the media to tell a baseball team what to do? Who are you as a fan to tell a baseball team what they should do? When you have people in the front office, whether it's a general manager or a team president, and their jobs require them to get results at some point, they should have the right to do things the way that they wish to do them. Talked about some possibilities of players. Do they get traded today? Do they not get traded today? It's going to be interesting. You, know, you look at a team like the Atlanta Braves, I'm sure they'd like to add themselves a starting pitcher, a relief pitcher, and a bat. Maybe all three. You know, Shane Green looks like a good possibility. A nice trade they made, though, getting Chris Martin from the Rangers. 
Chris Martin's had a live arm for years. It's great seeing him have the results with the Texas Rangers this year. I think that's a good pickup for the Braves. Is he a guy that should close? I don't know. But he certainly adds to the Braves mix. Team lead the NL East, expecting to get in the playoffs. Hey, they got better. And they also gave up a prospect. They gave up somebody with a little bit of value to get a good relief pitcher. And that's what you got to do in baseball. Give up something to get something. Make sure both teams feel good about what they ended up getting. I'll be back with you next week. Like I said, trading deadline, 4 p.m. We'll see if there's any surprises. I don't expect to be there a whole lot. I went within the last couple weeks believing that there would be a lot more action this year. Maybe not as much at the beginning of July, but towards the end of the month where teams are like, you know what, we're, we're going to have to decide. We need to either make this addition or we need to sell off this player by July 31st. Maybe you'll see some action as we get closer to 4 o'clock. I'm not expecting to be as much, but I'll go over the list again that I just threw together now. Maybe we'll, if, if a player's name can come to my head, I'll, I'll throw it out there. But I don't think Syndergaard's getting traded. I think Zach Wheeler will be traded. Madison Bumgarner will not be traded. Shane Green, yes. Robbie Ray, yes. Edwin Diaz, no. Felipe Rivero, yes. Matthew Boyd, no. Bauer or Strowman getting flipped? No. I'll throw another name in there. And just to even it up, one, two, three, four. And we'll go five to five. Mike Miner gets traded from the Texas Rangers today. We'll see how it ends up working out. Like I said, I wrote this down. We'll go over it with the show next week. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck, by St. Aloysius Church and School, by Cashel Motor Oil and Budweiser. We'll be back with you next week. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.